Hello everyone and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mystery. With me today are Tio. Hi, I'm Tio and I play Constance the Expert. Kyle. Hi, I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Hannah. Hi everyone, I'm playing JR the Crooked. All right, so we have finished our first mystery, which means, yeah, very exciting. You didn't die. You came close, but you didn't die. Pretty close. We tried very hard. You did. Dying. Some people forgot their weapons. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to name names, but some people. And some people should never use their weapon again. Yeah, some people people didn't use their weapons well. (laughs) I was wounded. But we're not naming names. going to use this constantly. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, well, at least you didn't shoot me, Constance. (laughs) You're my good friend. Yeah. You don't shoot me in the back. I guess we, we are have the best version <laughs> with a gun. We have the best version of Never Have I Ever. Never Have I Ever shot one of my own friends. Ah. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was another accident. Yeah, two times in a row. I don't know. Okay. Regardless, you survived and we now have a little bit of housekeeping. First off, Monster of the Week has a few questions at the end of each mystery. If the answer is yes to one or two of these, you all get to mark one experience. If the answer is yes to three or four, you get to mark two experience, and then we will get into leveling up, which is very exciting. Wahoo! The first question is, did you conclude the current mystery? I think so. Yeah. Is the Strigoi the current mystery? Or is yeah. the current mystery the meta bigger picture of what's going on in Firmament? No. Ooh. Yeah, that's the bigger picture. Okay. So I think okay. you, you definitely concluded this mystery in okay. tracking down the Strigoi. Yay! Da, 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 yeah. da. Did you save someone from certain death or worse? Yes. 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 Absolutely. A couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you got a couple. Jasper, certainly. You got Jasper. Uh, Leon, probably. Um, Leon, yeah. uh, for sure. Ourselves? I don't think you get to count yourselves, <laughs> but uh, Jasper and Leon, that's right. good. Yeah. Now, how did Leon get into danger again? I'm just trying to remember. Leon did it himself. He went Leon to was the... in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I meant I, I was throwing shade at the, the shot, for sure. God <laughs> damn yeah, what? it. How many times did <laughs> yeah, bring Let's... this up? Let's see, Just Leon today. was there and in danger, but what actually did all the damage to Leon? Hmm. <laughs> Every piece of damage that was done to Leon. What, did, what dealt that damage? Who did Don't so worry. much magic to <laughs> get true. that Strigoi? Yeah, that was me. I it did that. <laughs> Wait a minute, but who cut the Strigoi's head off? Hmm? Uh, who had the pepper spray? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Clutch. Guys, teamwork makes the, the dream very work. very useful pepper spray. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, (laughs) Did we learn something new and important about the world? Define important. I think... (laughs) um, (laughs) Let's see. Monsters exist. uh, Magic exists. Monsters exist is pretty big. Alvin is a werewolf. My family has been lying to me for my entire yeah. life. We don't. Yeah. We don't know that yet. Oh. Well, we as the collect. Oh wait, no, that was a flashback to your mom. Yeah, that was. Uh... Oh, so none of us know that. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Never mind. I was gonna say, is there cool experience points that we get if our podcast listeners learn anything important? <laughs> no. 
there's not. No. <laughs> Did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all three of the hunters, I think. About all of us, yeah. All three, yeah. 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 So that is four yeses. So all three of you get to mark two experience. Oh, I get to level Hooray. up again. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to take something boring. <laughs> Constance, let me know if you already did this, but uh, as part of your often right move, if the person follows your advice, then you get to mark experience. Ooh, I forgot that. I believe you used often right twice. Once with JR directing her not to <laughs> uh, not to flirt with Chief Stoney on the phone and once <laughs> yes. in your guidance to Alvin to go for the head. Does that sound right? Yeah, and that pushes me over the edge to actually be able to level up. Huzzah! Yeah! <laughs> All right. Been too successful over there. I have, yeah. apparently. <laughs> so everybody is going to level up, and JR, you're going to level up twice? Yep. Okay. So when you level up, you get to choose a advancement from your character sheet. And these can be new moves, either from the playbook you're using or from a playbook that's not in play. Uh, they can be stat bonuses or they can be other benefits. So does anyone know what their level up is going to be? I do. Okay. And you get two, JR. So do you want to yep. do both of them right now or do you want to... I I will do both of them right now because I knew what I wanted to do for my second one when I leveled up. So the first one that I took under my improvements is I took Take a Move from another playbook. And okay. the move that I took was from the Spellslinger playbook. And the move is called Not My Fault. It gives Very JR. Me, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, it gives me plus one to act under pressure when dealing with the consequences of your own spell casting. And the reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reason. But not I, gunfire? <laughs> How many times? All right, everybody, get it all out now. Come on. No, I'll I'll hang on to this bullet. God. It's in my shoulder. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I hate all of you. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so roommates I, now. Yeah, the reason I chose this move specifically is because my character does not know really what she's doing. And there is the possibility for a lot of oopsies when doing magic when you don't really know what you're doing i don't know what the capabilities of the key are i don't know what the consequences of getting that burn on my hand are gonna be i don't know if there's a limit to how much the key can do but hannah we can't offer our, our sweet God, trademark banter yeah yeah your sweet burns <laughs> you know what take your burns and stuff them up your ass can't razz you good okay <laughs> so hannah what's your what's your second move my second move is I took plus one to cool. So I go from a zero to a one. And one of the things that that does is it's both act under pressure and help out. So I've just taken a stat boost. And those are my two level ups. That makes sense. You've, Excellent. Yeah. you've become slightly uh, more level headed after shooting mm -hmm. two of your team members. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only fair to get a razzing for shooting two thirds of- But maybe two have died. Everybody's fine. I don't see what the big deal is. Could have added one to tough and then be better at using gun. <laughs> it depends on, on how you're using the gun. That's true. Are you using it to help somebody? It's just in a high pressure situation. So <laughs> oh God, somebody else go. <laughs> Constance, go. So for my single level up, I'm going to do something boring, but I'm going to add a plus one to sharp. So I'm a real, real sharp lady now. Awesome. What's your What's sharp, sharp at now? Yeah. 
plus three. You're very sharp. You're so pointy. I'm still a minus one tough. That's fine. I also have so, a minus one tough, so. Yeah. Ooh. We're squishy. We're, we're soft. You guys really better yeah. prepare for the next mystery. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I'll fail. It's only going to get harder from here. I just got to tell you. <laughs> if Constance dies in battle, her artwork should go up in value. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're, you're taking plus one sharp. Yep. Alvin, what about you? I am taking a move from the Monstrous Playbook called Shapeshifter. Makes sense. But the form that I'm choosing is a big, big coyote. Okay. So, But I can't say wolf out anymore. You can't say wolf out. It's got to be coyote. I'm, I'm sorry, you want to say, say that out. again? What was that? Coyote. 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 All right, Ooh. all right, That's a terrible right. ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Just for, for listeners, the details of that is I may change my form into my big coyote. I decide if I have just one alternate form or several uh, but I'm just going to choose the one, and I gain a plus one to investigate a mystery when using an alternate form's superior senses, so like a sense of smell for the coyote. Excellent. Nice. And also, I can be a coyote. Yes, you can. I do a coyote. <laughs> what are you leveling up, Quinn? Uh, I'm taking a plus one to pre-crafted narratives. Um, you yeah. know, <laughs> for a largely improvised show i know it's a a risky choice but i think it's going to pay dividends yeah <laughs> much like constance's pepper spray plus yeah. one to mine nothing wrong with that okay so this is a interlude episode this is an intermission in between mysteries because it's not all monster hunting all the time you all have regular lives and we're gonna check in on what's going on in general uh, and talk about some of the th- other things that you are up to. We have some individual scenes that we sort of talked about, and we'll get into those. But my broader question is, I think this break that we're in is probably a couple weeks long. So what have the three of you gotten up to, either by yourselves or together? Because we did establish at the end of the last episode that you're all living together now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, Constance now like uh, has like, uh, Constance has like one of those... Um, balconies that aren't really a balcony it's like you open the door and there's a railing oh uh uh, romeo and juliet balcony thank you yes and she used to pay no mind to it but now it's her one place of escape so she just hangs (laughs) off of that and googles things for fun because she has nowhere else to be alone in her own apartment anymore so uh that's why she's become very smart on that i think alvin probably only stayed there a couple of days before returning to his own place because he's got he lives in town as well Mm -hmm. and so he kind of moved back to his apartment but he definitely is a rather constant visitor it's what the end of summer Um, i think so the first mystery generally took place in the thick of summer so i think probably you know late august september ish okay that this is taking taking place so I think in lieu of his usual job at the ski shop in town, which is rather seasonal, the rest of the year he picks up a bunch of various service industry jobs and whatever he can get to and carry on his bike. So he's <laughs> doing a lot of like Postmates around town. You know, he's getting people's orders from Whole Foods. He's doing it like Amazon Prime Now deliveries. He's kind of working where he can, but all that takes that him all economy. over town. All about that gig economy. So that takes him all around town and usually we'll end up stopping by Constance's place, which I think is kind of more in the middle area of town. 
It's slightly off center. I think but his apartment's yeah. a little more more out of town. Okay. Anything else the three of you gotten up to? The only other thing is, I think Jr. has been probably sneaking out late at night to try and figure out the extent of what she's able to do with the key. And my thinking is that it's been a bit of a mixed bag. And part of that is I'm thinking that maybe one of the things that makes the magic work is when there's something on the line. And if she's just out fiddling around in a field, there's no consequence, there's no danger. So it's not really working the way it was before. But she's also trying to figure out a little bit more about like, how how does this work? And that burn is now probably all healed up, but it's it's permanent on the palm. Yeah. So, Jara, I'll tell you, you, you go out and try to test out the magic that you've done a couple of times now, and it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Okay. It doesn't work at all. Great. Uh, would now be a good time for, because I know it's definitely on Constance's mind, the fact that there's a body in the storage Oh, unit. yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. You know, we could do that in your scene, but sure. we could also do it out of your scene. Um, you do, you do have to deal with a body. I think it's probably a team effort. I think Constance will require it to be a team effort. <laughs> JR's never had to get rid of a body, but you know, she probably knows the parameters of how one would get rid mm-hmm. of a body. Of the three of us, yeah, yeah. So how do you do it? <laughs> Constance kind of looks at JR and is like, um. Uh, uh? <laughs> we weigh it down and we throw it in the river. We weigh it down we throw it in the river. Okay. We don't want to burn it. I mean, it was killed by a Strigoi, right? Is there anything? Oh, yeah. We should we at least should be considering. Shit. Do we have to burn about it? that? No. Oh. So, <laughs> Constance, I think you probably spent a little bit more time reading about Strigoi. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's not like transmittable the way that Western take on vampirism is. Strigoi don't spread Strigoiism. There's no risk that John would become a Strigoi simply because he was bitten by one. Hey, guys, we actually don't need to do that. Because- <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> Cancel um, the burning. I'm looking at my notes. Alvin's already got a propane torch. <laughs> yeah, ready- oh. You already have it lit. <laughs> you know, also, that will dart my fire alarm, probably. My smoke detector is going to pick up on that. Oh, it's very clean. Actually, I've got noobs for you. Alvin, I think you do that just as a test, and the fire alarm trying to burn it a little bit goes off. God damn it! Damn that thing's sensitive, huh? And like run and get a little dish towel and do the like whap 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 whap. Constance is back out on the Romeo and Juliet <laughs> balcony. She just needs a minute. Alvin, you set this fire alarm off, mm-hmm. and I think you don't really know where the sound is coming from, but you see this classic red sort of fire alarm mm-hmm. that's flipped down. And you go over to flip it back up. Turn it off. Or reset it so that the alarm stops going off. And Mm -hmm. you flip it back up. And across the room, you hear a loud thunk. And a panel of the wall has fallen out. And you can see behind it, there is this strange contraption. And it takes you, I think, a minute to realize what it is. And you realize that it is a very old flamethrower. Constance? I heard a bang. What did we break now? Um, I'm rubbing my temples as this, I approach. Is this dope thing yours? What? 
Um, Do you have like a bat cave in here or something? I, I grab it and pull it out to look at it. There's a small cloud of dust it. that comes out with it. It looks like this hasn't been used in a while, but it is very clearly an old, probably 50 or 60 year old flamethrower. It's unclear if it still works, but... Ooh, flamethrower! Whoa, 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 whoa. And so you say whoa. we do or don't need to burn the body? Though? Uh, No, 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 okay. no. We're not going to burn the body. I'm turning it over, like, in my hands. I'm inspecting it. I'm blowing a little of the dust off. I put my little fire what thing the... on the table. <laughs> I honestly, I have never seen this, and I didn't know that there was a panel there. Um, This has got to be, I mean, I think I think this might be my grandmother's. Kick-ass grandmother. <laughs> yeah. She am I'm starting World War II veteran, because I think that's what that dates to. I'm starting to think that she was a lot of things that I don't know about. I I think I need to talk to my mom. Constance, we talked a little bit about your scene. You want to uh, have a conversation with your mother, yes? Yes. I think I need to have a conversation with my mother. I think you mentioned dinner, but like, where are you meeting? What are you doing? So as much as I would love for it to be neutral ground, I think realistically the only way I'm going to get answers to the questions I have are in a private setting. So I send my mom a text saying that I really need to speak with her and that I would like to come over for dinner tonight if it's not intruding and preferably have it be just me and her. Okay. So that is, I, I don't want it to be a phone call because I feel like it would just, I, I can't control the situation that well. So I send it as a text. I think she sends you a, a long text message back, like what someone would send as an email, but it's a text message. You For know, sure. My parents sort of do that thing. <laughs> and, and contained within there is like a, an acceptance of your invitation and also a note that your father, Victor, is at a poetry symposium, um, and so he won't be home until later. And so that, that works out quite well, actually. Great. So you, you head across town, and you board the gondola, and you head up to Olympic Heights to your family's home. Can I also say that I bring the book with the Strigoi info in it? Yeah, sure. Sweet. Okay. You head inside and your mother opens the door when you arrive and she sort of walks you in. Uh, she's, you can tell she's a bit cold, even perhaps by her standards. And uh, would your mother have cooked or would she have gotten something? I think she would have made a point to cook just to really sell the mom bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's a nice she meal then. favorite food. Oh yeah, it's a nice meal. She went out of her way to cook. Okay. I don't think it's your favorite meal. In fact, I think it might be something you don't like. And I think it's something that she knows you don't like, and it's definitely a a signal. Oh, yeah. But she serves up two plates and uh, takes you inside to the dinner table, and the two of you sit down. She starts sort of pushing her food back and forth with her fork and taking small bites. Thank you for um, agreeing to do this on short notice. I know I have not been very communicative the last little bit well i understand that you were sick for a short period of time 
so perhaps you weren't the most communicative, but that it's it's fine, Constantina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going straight to the Constantina, huh? Okay. It is your given name, but- dear. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, look, Mama, I'm I'm going to try something. I'm going to try being very direct with you. This is a challenge for me, um, but I'm going to kind of steer clear ahead to what why I'm here. I know you are upset with me. I know that you have worked very hard to set up that interview with me, and uh, I, I wasn't sick. Other things were going on that needed my attention. And I know, I know you're going to uh, want to talk to me about that, but honestly, I need to table that. And I pull out the book, and I put it on the table in front of her. Mm. I think she looks at it and pushes her plate forward. Like she's done eating, even though she's probably only taken a few bites and looks at the book and looks at you. Mom, I know most of the answer to this question, but I need to hear you say it. And for you to fill in the rest of the gaps, what is this book about? Why did Grandma have it? That book is full of stories. That book is full of stories that your boonie was obsessed with. And I don't understand why, but she couldn't leave it behind in Romania. That book is nothing but trouble, but she should have left those stories there. Are you sure you want to stick to calling them stories, Mom? Because that's not what I would call them, given what I've experienced the last couple of weeks. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about, my dear. This is hardly polite conversation for dinner. (laughs) yeah it isn't which is why i made sure that we were home alone i assumed that that maybe you wanted to deliver an apology in person no you didn't if you knew me you wouldn't assume i'd ever apologize for not wanting to uh do a job that i've told you a million times i don't want but i don't want to have that argument right now I really want to see if we can have an honest conversation about what exactly has been going on in this family and clearly has been going on for much longer than I've been alive and nobody felt that it was valuable to tell me that about my own past. And, uh, you know, dear, for whatever dear, reason... That is just that is just it. It is in the past. Now, your boonie worked very hard to get out of Romania, and I worked very hard to keep you here so that you wouldn't have to deal with any of that. It's well, the past. that ship has sailed because I ran into a Strigoi that tried to kill me just a couple of weeks ago. So it's definitely not in the past. And the longer we pretend like it is, the longer you keep me in danger and you deny me my own history. That is why I'm here today. I have no intention of apologizing. You think for you saw one of these bailing th- on your friend. You think that you saw one of these things? Something <laughs> from this this I know I saw one and the way I know it is because it not only attacked me, but it killed a man outside of my apartment. Clearly, Boonie was more than just the wonderful woman that I know, and I think you also know that. And I'm asking you to be honest with me. 
to tell me what you really know about her and her work and why she decided to leave the studio with all of this information to me. So I think this is a move. <laughs> okay. And I, I could be persuaded, but I think this is an investigative mystery. Sweet. Uh, it's yeah. a slightly different one because I don't know that the investigative mystery rules necessarily apply, but go ahead and roll. And I think the framing here is this back and forth with your mother, like a verbal sparring match and trying to glean something. And I think best way to resolve it is going to be investigative mystery. All right. Rolling them dice with my brand new plus three sharp. Woohoo. Hot diggity dog. That is a 13. Wow. Yeah. Double five. Take that, Take that mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think let's just have you ask two questions. Don't worry about what's on the list. I think for this scene, let's just focus on on those two questions. It will still depend on what your mother knows, so she may not have all the answers. Sure. Go ahead and ask just two questions as you outdueled your mother in a battle of verbal and mental wits. <laughs> and startled her, I think, a little bit with this claim that you have seen Estragoy. And I think it's that fear, that brief moment of fear that you key in on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... For my own safety, I really would love for you to answer two questions for me. Who was my grandmother, really? And by that, I mean, what did she do? What position or title or thing in this world did she do that brought her in contact with all of these stories? Your boonie was a flawed woman. She had her good and her bad, like many of us do. She was a Olympic skier. She was a mother. She was many things. But I didn't know everything that she was. She tried to keep parts of her life away from me. She and Emil, I never asked questions, but she and Emil, they talked, and sometimes at night he would sneak off. I saw some of the some of the scars and some of the the weapons that they hid. I don't know everything that happened, but one day he didn't come back. It wasn't the Securitat. It wasn't the police. He just I don't know. She wouldn't tell me. And that was when she decided that Romania wasn't home anymore. And that was when we left. And that was when we moved here. My dear, there are places in this world where the light doesn't reach. Black holes that drag people in. And it doesn't matter how strong or clever or brave you are. All you can do is get away. Okay. Thank you for telling me I can only imagine how scary that must have been for you and I appreciate you being willing to tell me what what you know um I didn't mean to scare you but the truth is that the the last couple of weeks have been very scary and I think I'm done minimizing what's going on I was in denial for a bit but like I said Estragoy came and killed someone outside of my apartment. Are, and 
Are you certain? Yes. And don't ask me how, but yes, I am. So, you know, I I know that this probably is a lot for you too, but whatever Booney was doing, for whatever reason, it's found its way to me. And, you know, I didn't know how much of that you knew or didn't know, but I, I knew that I needed to talk to you. So, Tio, you do still have a second question. So, you know, if she kept a lot of things from you, I have to ask, why did she leave all these books and the studio to me? I, I was never interested, especially after we left. I wanted, I wanted nothing to do with that life, and I didn't want it for you if I had had my way. She never would have told you any of that nonsense to begin with, but I guess she couldn't let it go. Or she wanted to prepare me. I mean, when she told me those stories, they were just great stories to me. And you know what? That information stuck in my head. And honestly, Mom, it saved my life a couple of weeks ago. So whether you think it's nonsense or not, it's information I'm glad I had and now I see it in a totally new way and forgive me if I don't agree with you that you can just ignore it when it's staring you in the face but my dear I don't think I get... you can ignore it I think you must evade it that's what your boonie huh. did if you won't well, listen to me then know that's what she did and if it's here it's bound then, her. then perhaps we should leave leave our home? leave firmament? <laughs> I, there are, you know, you... There are plenty of places that are safe. My dear, if if this is true, my dear, then we should go. I appreciate how much you want to protect me, but like I keep telling you and Dad, every time you put money in my bank account, I don't need it. I'm going to be fine. I'm an adult, and I'm not going to say that it's not scary or dangerous, but guess what? I made it through the past few weeks, and... I have handled some things that I never thought I would, and a lot of that courage and strength came to me from Booney and from you, Mom, and I refuse to leave my home for many reasons, but one of them practically being if it followed Booney here, it'll follow me somewhere else too, and I would rather be home and know what I'm up against than pretending everything's okay somewhere else. Um, I appreciate you telling me all this and believing me, but I just have to be honest and tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to run away from it. You won't even consider it? I'll sleep on it. Well, you were as stubborn as she was. Do you have any other questions? I'm afraid I've quite lost my appetite. I'm sorry, Mom. No. If you want, I can help you wash up. No, dear, that's that's okay. It's getting late. You should get home safe. Okay. I will tell you what I think tomorrow. I think we both know what your answer is. And she stands up, and she looks the smallest you have ever seen her. And she takes your plate, and she walks into the kitchen. I whisper still love you and then I slowly 
walk out of the house. As you open the front door, she, not in a loud voice, not in a quiet voice, just in about the most normal voice you can possibly imagine, says, Please be safe, dear. Oh boy, if the real monster isn't family drama, then I don't know what is. Hey everybody, it's Quinn, your Keeper of Monster and Mysteries. Thanks so much for tuning into episode 7 of Monster Hour. Just got a few quick announcements before we get back to the rest of the episode. First, we're really excited about having finished our first mystery. We're really happy about how it went, and we've heard from a lot of folks who really enjoyed it. So, to celebrate, we're going to be doing a couple of contests. First, taking a page from one of all of our favorite podcasts, we are going to start giving folks a chance to have a character named after them. If you tweet about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, or for the folks who aren't social media inclined, if you send us a picture of your rating and review, we'll put your name into a lottery, and the next time I'm fumbling to name a character unexpectedly, that character could be you. Second, we're going to be printing up some Monster Hour stickers here shortly. And when we reach 50 followers on Twitter and Instagram, we're just going to start giving those away to anybody who wants some. So give us a follow, share us with a friend, and pretty soon there will be some sweet stickers headed your way. Finally, just a quick programming note. You may have noticed that this episode is a week early. When we launched the podcast, we decided to record a few extra episodes to have as a buffer, just in case we missed a recording session or it took me too long to edit since I had never done it before. It turns out we haven't had any of those issues, which is great. But it also means we're recording a few episodes ahead of what we're releasing, which it turns out is kind of a bummer. We want to be there with you as you're listening, not looking ahead to the next mystery. So to help close the gap, we decided to release this episode a week early, and we'll be releasing episode 8, the first episode of our new mystery, next Tuesday, September 24th. So stay tuned. That's it for me, folks. Enjoy the rest of the show. JR, you wanted to follow up with Chief Stoney. You got a few things to, to discuss. You want to clear the air a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, I kind of need to see what the parameters of this... Um, I really hesitate to use the word relationship, but that's the word I'm going to use. Arrange, arrangement. Arrangement. Um, I also feel like I need to explain a little bit about what that was. And also, he clearly knows something about what is going on in Firmament. I don't know if he's going to share it with me, but I, I would certainly appreciate any of that information from him. We talked about this. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to find Stony while he's at work, and you don't want to find him at home, right? Right. Because both of those things would be bad. <laughs> They're super creepy. Also, yeah. going into a police station is. Probably not a good idea. There are reasons that you might not want to do that. Yeah. So I think you've probably been just low-key tailing Stony for maybe a week or so. Yeah? Yeah. I think that Stony has a hobby. Do tell. <gasps> well, I'm amenable as to what that hobby might be, but oh. I think Stony has a hobby. Okay. What should Stony's hobby be? Oh my god, you guys, what should his hobby be? <laughs> um... What about, do you think Stoney's maybe does woodworking? I could Ooh, see that. I think that's, that's a, a, strong, a strong contender. But is it like secret woodworking? He goes to a shop away from home? Well, I was thinking perhaps I could run into him 
A lumberyard or a hardware yeah. store. Yeah. 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 Yeah, lumberyard's a good idea. And all that, all that wood lying around. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> We're gonna have to pick something Rough. else if you're gonna do this. <laughs> Rough. You've and ruined it, Hannah. Unfinished. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got to be a different hobby now. God damn it! Uh, I ruined no. it. <sighs> it was the rough and unfinished that really did it. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> sorry. say that. I know. Uh, that was it. me. That's yeah. teamwork. Hey. You're Teamwork makes the dream. I'm Hannah, sorry. Hannah, if you'll be good, okay. we can do, we can do okay. woodwork. Hey, wait. Does he maybe do like, I mean, this, I guess, isn't so much of a hobby as a thing he would do for work, but does he go to like target practice? Oh. I think he probably does go to target practice. He probably goes to a shooting range. Would you range. be able to like talk to him in a shooting range and show him how good you are? Oh, at fuck. Shooting <laughs> guns. I'm so bad at shooting. <laughs> Or gotcha, maybe gotcha, maybe yeah. Chief Stoney could give you some lessons. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. All right, that's maybe, it. See, that's it. Quinn, maybe that's your Quinn, plus one. You cool. Can't, listen, you can't have it both ways, Quinn. <laughs> you either gotta be chastising. You can't. You can't join in. You gotta let You're me lean it into on. this a little. I wasn't bit. trying to join in. <laughs> there, was, there was a legitimate Chief Stoney is giving her shooting lessons, and that's why she gets plus one. Uh huh. Cool. There we go. Okay. All right, that's he's giving this her shooting lessons, and we'll see how that goes. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Hannah, we'll put it to you. Do you want yeah. studio or do you shooting want shooting lessons. range? Shooting range. Shooting range. Okay. Lessons. Guns. Are you yes. imagining a ghost situation with the pottery? <laughs> kind of with deal? A gun. But with a gun. Sorry, I'm done now. I'll go be quiet. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so you... Uh, and to be clear, I have surprised him. Yes. I think this is not the shooting range that is at the police station or like the training facility. This is this is a public shooting range. There's target shooting, there's skeet shooting, you know, there's a, a variety of different options here. And so uh, I think, you know, Stoney goes there like a couple times a week and you follow him there one time hmm. and he's, you know, he's there practicing. So what's your approach? What do you do? He's like in one of those... Um... This is going to betray my utter lack of knowledge about what shooting ranges work, how they work. Um, but he's in one of those, I guess it's like a booth doing his thing. And I'm just going to show up to the one right next to him. I think he finishes emptying his clip and he's got a nice grouping like right in the center of the target. He's obviously a professional and he punches the button and the target retracts from its position and comes up towards him. And he inspects it, gives a brief nod in approval and... Then he glances over and sees you and gives you a quizzical look and then takes off his, they're not earphones, what are they? Ear, ear protectors. Plugs? Ear muffs? Uh, ear, ear protect. Yeah. Hear, hearing protection unit. Yes. Uh, he takes those off and steps out away from the fire range into sort of the waiting area. Well, howdy, JR. Stony, how are you doing? Doing just fine. I was blowing off a little bit of steam. Didn't expect to run into you here, but I guess I ought to learn to expect the unexpected around you. Thought we might have a conversation, you and I, about, uh, you know, some things. I've got some questions that maybe you can answer, and I'm guessing you might have some for me. I do. Figured you'd come around at some point. You know, they um, they do a little bit of skeet shooting out back. It's a little more private. 
why don't we uh, see if they got one open? All right. And he goes up to the attendant in the front, and the attendant leads the two of you out to a bit of a meadow, like a, just an open field. And there's a an attendant who's sort of throwing the clay pigeons out, shooting the clay pigeons out to a couple different fields in the surrounding area, but this one is pretty secluded, and so it's just uh, the two of you. So, um, where'd you learn that uh, first aid trick? Wow. The, 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 sound, the stitches. <laughs> I have to let you know, your handiwork got ruined, and unfortunately, somebody else had to do it again. <laughs> for no fault of your own. Well, it's probably better somebody else did it. I, uh, I was a combat medic back when I was in the Rangers. Learned a thing or two, but probably not as good as the, the docs that got over it for him in general. That's, um, that's not what you came here to ask me, though. What is going on in Firmament? There it is. Tell you what, JR. I got a couple questions, too. Why don't we uh, trade off here? Why don't we go one for one? All right. You got your first one. I've been chief for, well, that's more than 20 years now. You haven't been here long, but I'll tell you, Firmament's always had a weird bent to it. Did you know that Firmament has more unseasonable weather events than anywhere else in Colorado? Snow in the summer, heat burst during the winter, rain falling from clear skies, that sort of thing. Electronics fail more often here than anywhere I have ever served, from phones to clocks to traffic signals. We have an officer in the department specifically assigned to respond to strange sounds and sightings because we get so many calls. And then there's the, the grislier ones, the stuff we don't like the public to to know about we don't want folks getting into a panic there was the woman the medical examiner said she fell to her death but they found her in the middle of an open field there was the man who was found stuck halfway inside of a tree like it had grown around him the whole class of firmament high was struck during graduation with retrograde amnesia they couldn't remember how they got there who they were it wore off now people laugh about it Guess I just learned to roll with the punches. Nothing nothing ever punched me like it punched you, but maybe things are getting weirder in Firmament. Hmm. Now, this, uh, I don't think this was your first rodeo, was it? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Oh, you mean with weird stuff? Yes. No, it would have been my second rodeo. Yeah? How'd the first one go? Not real well. I got out, <laughs> and I got something, but I didn't get what I came for, and none of us got what we bargained for. I don't even know what it was, but uh, it's the reason I came to Firmament. Thought it would be a nice, sleepy college town for me to let the heat off of uh, what I'd done before. Hmm. That's not really how things went, is it? Doesn't seem like it. Hold on. People are going to get suspicious. Pull! And he raises his rifle and shoots the clay pigeon out of the air. You know, gotta keep up appearances. Of course. Well, 
I got another question, but I reckon it's your turn. So I've got your number. When do I call you? Do I wait until I'm in trouble? What do you want to know from me? I'd love to know before the trouble hits, JR. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I mean, I know trouble finds you, but it took um it took a lot of work that last one. That was hard to explain. It'd be good if it didn't come to that next time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So, anybody coming looking for you? After this last, uh, what'd you call it? Job? That's what, uh... Job, yes. That's what you folks yes. folks on the it other was, side call uh, it, right? Other side? That's so... Stony. Don't be like that. Um, I don't know. I hope not. I think I got far enough away, and I think I covered my trail well enough, but I don't know. And I don't know if it would be somebody else from that activity, or, uh, you know, somebody else in your line of work, possibly. Use Postal Service, or somebody with the counterfeiting division, or Interpol's got an art heist division that I may, uh, you know, I'm just spitballing here. Uh, so I, I don't know who's, uh, who's gonna be following me here. One thing's for certain, Stony. I don't think Firmament is ever gonna be the same, is it? I reckon not. Now, how about you teach me how to skeet shoot? <laughs> All right. Pull. Alvin. Mm-hmm. Alvin, you talked a little bit earlier about what you've been up to, but you're working that, that hustle. You're working that gig economy life. Working that gig. People got to get their Chinese food. Yep. People need their tacos <laughs> and their organic asparaguses <laughs> and their emergency toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> so you are running deliveries for Meal Pals and Postmates and Amazon Prime, and you're doing it all from your trusty bicycle. I've got an average of six apps installed at any one time <laughs> that are all pinging, go, lighten up, pinging off. Is that a thing, pinging off? Sure. Sure, why not? Let's say yes. <laughs> Don't look that up on Urban Dictionary. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I mean, this is sort of your regular deal. You've been doing this for a while now since ski season isn't going to start up for a couple months. And, uh, you know, it has its highs and lows for sure. But tell me about the, the usual day for you. Well, I think he probably sleeps in until at least 10 or 11, sometimes 12 on a good day. Starts up the apps to just see how many people are requesting stuff. If it looks pretty good, he'll get on the bike and he'll pop a Pop-Tart, kind of <laughs> nom on that as he heads out the door. And so he'll kind of go out on the bike and he'll run run his rounds through the afternoon. But he kind of just does what he needs to to cover the bills. He doesn't really have a particular motivation for anything right now. Like, he's not a particularly driven character for financial success or anything like that. 
and the things that he just went through have been rather startling. He's been trying to keep tabs on his fur, his hair, chopping that <laughs> once before he goes out and you know once again when he gets back from work. But otherwise, he's been doing what any kind of average American college boy is, and that's a lot of repression. Aww. So he's taken he's taken a lot of those those big feelings that he's that he's got for what he's gone through and what that kind of means for him and the rest of his life and he's just trying not to think about it too much. Yeah. Um he's running his gigs, you know, getting that cheddar and uh then go home he'll kind of, you know, maybe be texting with Leon about any story that Leon's working on and then kind of kicks back and and plays some video games or goes over to Constance's to just kind of check in with the gang and see if anything out of the ordinary has sprung up. Yeah. How have those conversations with Leon gone? I'm not really sure what Leon's angle would be. Alvin, I think, would usually start each conversation off topic about something. would be like, oh, hey, if you played Hollow Knight, I was just playing Hollow Knight. It's got this great level. What are you up to? Or, like, any good, any good stories lately? Kind of, like, fishing for company? I think he, like, he always responds to you very quickly, but I think he's put you off a couple times Mm -hmm. when you actually want to hang out. He's always, like, always responsive and, like, you know, gets back to you, but he's been busy the past couple times. Sure. It's for work always, but I imagine that doesn't contribute positively to the situation that you're experiencing. No. And I think even for the first couple times, the, like, self-critical nature starts to creep in and his self-consciousness comes up and he starts thinking, like, maybe it's not work every time like he's used the same work excuse a half dozen times now so uh, you know it's every time actually work is he actually that busy don't remember him being that busy in the past but maybe so i think you're playing games one afternoon and uh i think you wrap up and go to check the apps to sort of see see what the situation is like and there's an order it hasn't been placed by leon but i think you recognize it as his address. Hmm. And it's food for probably three or four people. I stare at it for a couple seconds and then kind of blink and very quickly tap accept, pop on shoes, and uh, head out to go pick up the delivery. You go and pick it up on your bicycle, which I love. It's so on brand. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, and you put it onto your, your bicycle and you head over to Leon's apartment. I think it's early evening when you get there. There's the doorbell and the speaker box awaiting you. I think he puts the package down in front of the door and looks at the doorbell and (laughs) considers ringing it and leaving, but then kind of straightens up a bit, picks up the bag and rings the doorbell. It buzzes twice and then you hear Leon's voice come on. Yeah. Hey, hello. Hi. Delivery. Oh, yeah. um, I'll be right down. Hold on. And a few moments later, you see him open the door and he looks at you and looks surprised and then anxious. And he steps out quickly and says, Alvin, what are you what are you doing here? Hey, buddy. Uh, here you, you uh, ordered some food. I was just, you know, doing doing that hustle, you know, making that cheddar. You know how it is. Yeah. No, but um, you get you having a having like a, a dinner. You having a. Having like a dinner a dinner part a party? Oh, here, here. I hand him the, the food. He takes it and just like kind of sets it down behind him and says, Um, I mean, yeah, but but listen, 
I mean, it's not a good, it's like a, a project that I'm working on. It's not really a good time. I, oh yeah. It's for work, right? It's probably for work. Oh. And I think as you say that you see the window to his apartment open and Jasper leans out and Leon sort of takes you and turns you around and Jasper shouts, Hey, is the, um, is the food here? And Leon shots back up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, hold on one second. Is that that weird guy from that bar? Yeah. Okay. Alvin, listen. What is going on? I can't let go of what I saw. And I'm I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'm not going to... No one has to find out about you, but I am going to find out what is happening in this town. And there are other people who want to find out too. Yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to get to the bottom of this and kind of point at the like sharpened <laughs> claws on on his hand i mean count me in but like you have we haven't really talked about it do you know something i don't know anything yet but i'm there are people that can help me and i can keep them away from you but i can't we gotta you can't like meet them it's too big of a risk I, I know I've been... Who else is here? What? Leon, who else is here? It's Jasper and I, and this guy who's at Firmament College right now, and this woman who I met online who lives in Firmament. This guy, this this woman, do they have names? Ah, jeez, Kyle, <laughs> call me out for not- <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> Now go to Twitter if you follow us. <laughs> you tweet with hashtag Monster Zone. Monster, <laughs> Monster Hour Zone. Pod. Monster Zone. <laughs> <laughs> if you tweet right now, <laughs> nothing will happen. Yeah, it'll be quite a bit too late. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, okay, Alvin, I'm. I mean, it'd be good to know if I have to avoid okay. people who know the, you know, who might be tipped off. Yeah, okay. The student's name is. You no, know, I'll add him to the. I'll add him to the list of. Things to avoid because I'm a freaky monster. Alvin, you're not a monster. You're just you saw different, and that's okay. But other people aren't going to see it you that way. You saw what I did. You saw what I did. It's just different. But if we get to the bottom of this, if we really figure out what's going on here, it'll be okay. I trust you. Okay. You've always had my back. Here, I'll come over tomorrow. Let's, we'll talk. I'm, I, this has taken more of my time than I thought. And I, I know I've been putting you off. I'm sorry. But listen, it's, it's Dorian and Cecilia. I don't think you'll run into them. I got to get back in, but I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you have my number. Yeah. Just, just let me know. And he, he looks a bit ashamed of himself. And he gives you, like, a hug. It's kind of a quick hug because he hustles back inside. He's not proud of himself, but he does disappear back in. Alan leaves it with a mix of emotions. He feels a little betrayed because Leon's been doing a lot of searching into something very close to what Alvin is going through and hasn't looped him in on it. But also a little <laughs> a little validated with his own paranoia that it's not just work, that something else was going on. So he kind of... <laughs> Hops on, hops on his bike, does a quick check on the app, and otherwise takes the long way home. 
So I think you are cycling away, processing everything that you've experienced. Mm -hmm. And as you are cycling, you start to feel this sensation in your stomach. It's like the butterflies that you get when you're anxious about something, but it is building and it's getting more intense. And you feel as it continues to build this giddiness come over you. And this, this is happening as you're cycling. And it's, it's not all at once, but it's sort of over the course of like five, maybe 10 minutes until the point where you, I mean, you almost feel like you've been drugged, Yeah. but it's not that because, well, I don't know how much Alvin has experimented with drugs, but um, <laughs> it's certainly not like any drug that you've ever experienced, but you're, you're very quickly losing your faculties. Uh-oh. Try to hold on and go until there's at least like some bushes or something concealable to the side of the, of the road that he's riding on. And he just kind of like finds a good looking bush and just ditches it and rolls off behind the bush. I think you get off the road as this is reaching a fever pitch and you sort of stumble into this bush. And the last thing that you consciously remember is this sensation, this euphoric sensation, giving way to this tremendous hunger. And then you black out. I think there are bits and pieces of this indeterminate amount of time that you're out. You remember the feel of running on all fours, the striking sensation of experiencing smells that you've never smelled before in ways that you never smelled them, like suddenly you, you have access to thousands of colors that you've never seen, and then you come to. And when you do, you are lying in a small clearing amidst a tightly packed copse of trees. Based on the dull, washed out quality of the light, you would guess that the sun isn't up yet, although you can't say for sure because the watch that you wear doesn't appear to be on your wrist, although it's buried beneath a thick coat of hair that is running up your unclothed arm. Mm -hmm. And you look down and you see that none of your clothes are there. And mm -hmm. as you turn your clawed hand over, you realize that it is stained a rusty crimson color, and you recognize a faint metallic scent that's lingering on your breath. Uh-oh. <sighs> what do you do? I mean, my clothes aren't even here. <laughs> so I, I just... First, I, sc I scramble around and, and look for my belongings, particularly my phone. There doesn't appear to be anything where you are. I scramble to my feet, try to kind of survey the area. I even give the air a sniff to see if anything is off or if this taste, this, this scent that is on me, if it seems to lead anywhere. Roll to investigate a mystery and take plus one for your shapeshifter. Nine. On a seven to nine, you get to ask one question. I think the question, since he's kind of investigating him himself and his memory here, I think the question he's looking for is, where did it go? Yeah. I think you smell this sort of scent on your breath, and you can almost see it. That's not how it really works, but you mm -hmm. can follow it in a way that you never could before. And you 
you sort of make your way out of this meadow into the surrounding forest. It's dense and it's difficult to see through, but it's actually not long before you break out. And ahead of you is this gently sloping hillside. And a short distance ahead is a a chain link fence, but that's not what catches your eye. Just beyond it, striking an impressive and imposing frame as the first rays of sunlight refract against its glossy facade is the Colorado National Lab building.